Warning, some things in our podcast may not be suitable for everyone. We talk about cults and murders, and due to the nature of our podcast, may use harsh language at times. Viewer's discretion is advised. And also, we can't pronounce anything. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Cults and Crime, a true crime podcast covering cults, crime, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Jamie. And I'm your other host, Nicole. All right, so Jamie has a quote for us really quick. Jamie, are you ready? Of course. That's really the nature of how cults get you, by starting slow, promising to help you realize your goals. If someone had said early on, hey, Sarah, can we brand you with our leader's initials next to your crotch? I would have said that's fucking crazy. That was a quote from Sarah Edmondson, a former member of the cult and now author of Scarred. Edmondson was a Canadian actress who starred in a few films, most notably Transformers Cybertron. What did she do in that? Girl. (laughs) She was like Laura. She was Laura? I I did not watch that movie. I didn't watch it either. Well, who watched the new Transformers movies, honestly? Anything after Megan Fox... No, I watched the one after Megan. I watched the very first one after Megan Fox, and then I was like, fuck this shit, it sucks. Did it have Sia LaBeouf in it? Yes. He gets a new girl. Well, if it's not Megan Fox, it's a downgrade. Megan Fox, DM me. Add us, Megan Fox. Add us. <laughs> All right, so we have no idea what she really did, but continue. Well, she, one, Megan Fox 100% listens to this podcast. Two. <laughs> <laughs> So she was also a high-ranking member of Nexum until she left in 2017. Okay. Nexum was started in the late 1990s by Keith Ranieri and Nancy Salzman. I know a few times I've said Rainier, but it's Ranieri according to one video that I watched, so I'm going to try to say Ranieri from now on. Who really knows? Not us. Nexon described itself as offering a community guided by humanitarian principles that seek to empower people and answer important questions about what it means to be human. So, basically every single self-help book out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was also a huge pyramid scheme. Pyramid scheme how? It was a self-help pyramid scheme, and people would pay anywhere from $1,000 to $6,000 to attend each and every class. Oh my god. And the only way to go further in Nexum was to recruit people underneath you. So, like, the Arbonne ladies? What's Arbonne? You don't have Arbonne in Georgia? I don't know if I have enough friends to have people that sell me things. Oh, no. (laughs) So, well, I guess that's probably a good thing in this circumstance, because I have about 20 fucking friends that sell Arbonne, and every day I go onto my newsfeed on Instagram, and it's, look at my product, look at my product, look at my product. And it's so fucking annoying, it drives me insane. Sorry to all my friends, I love you, I'm still not buying your crap. So, back to the cult that is completely awful, and all this stuff has been horribly inappropriate. Sarah Edmondson took these classes. Most people would take one or two classes, but not Sarah. Sarah got so far in the Nexum that she eventually became a recruiter for the organization. Well, I don't think I like Sarah now. No, you love Sarah. Sarah's the only reason Nexum got outed. Okay, I love Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) So Sarah eventually sunk so deep into Nexum that she joined DOS. Well, what is DOS? So in Latin, DOS translates to Lord over the Obedient Female Companion. 
it was kind of built as a sorority of women helping women to be more powerful, to be you know more assertive. But it was really just Keith Rainier's way of just collecting sex slaves. Oh. So something that's going to hit a lot of red flags to me and you, but wouldn't to someone in Nexum, is collateral. Well, didn't, right? So Nexum was really built on secrecy. In order to take any of the classes, you had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Okay. So collateral was kind of a step up from that. So collateral could be anything. Edmondson said she gave handwritten lists of all her previous indiscretions. But almost all people that were members of DOS gave nude photos. At some point, people were recorded saying things that could disparage their family members. Like what? One person had a video of her saying that her father sexually abused her. Another one had a video of her saying her father was a pedophile. Or that their father cheated on the stock market. It could be really anything that would make their family look bad enough that would force the woman to stay in DOS. And none of it was true? Some of it was true, but at some point they were doing this every month and they just ran out of materials. They'd be given scripts. Oh. Just anything to have more control over these women. Clarol was used as leverage to keep the women in Nexum and to keep them from talking about the abuse they received in DOS. We already talked about how Nexum had a pyramid hierarchy, but DOS did as well. It had a master-slave hierarchy. The master would have six slaves, and eventually those slaves would have six slaves underneath them. And at the very top would be Rainier. Every time someone took a class of his, they would end the class by saying the Vanguard, which is what Rainier told everyone to call him. He wanted to be called Vanguard? So... Almost all cult leaders have this kind of grandiose idea of what they are, and Rainier's no exception. Or Rainieri. So, what the heck's a vanguard? He was looking out for the members. He was protecting them. He was their lord, their leader, their mascot. It's weird. To, it's we don't know why he particularly chose this word. Just that he did. Okay. But it was just to make him feel and sound important. All right. DOS was supposed to be a woman's mentor program, and Lauren Salzman recruited Sarah using that tactic. Laura Salzman told them that DOS was about becoming effective, that the members had to overcome their weaknesses. Unfortunately, Mr. Rainier was the one who decided what those weaknesses were. Ugh. He taught that women were overly emotional, that they failed to keep promises, and they often embraced the role of victim. I hate all that. Yeah, if that doesn't get your blood completely boiling over what a piece of shit this man was, I honestly don't know what will. Well, why does he hate women? Do we know? Because his dick didn't work later in life? I don't know. <laughs> so there's like no past trauma with his mom or anything that you know of? Uh, not that I could find. He had a fairly normal childhood. He was actually seen as a child prodigy. Really? Yeah, he can at some point, he had the world record for highest IQ, like highest recorded IQ, was 240. Oh, wow. Yeah, at age two, he could speak in complete sentences. At age four, he understood quantum physics. And eventually, he learned seven instruments. Oh, my God. Okay, so he's obviously an intelligent man. Yeah, this is why Nexum was so enticing to a lot of people. Because he sold it as... I'm teaching you how I became so great and so amazing and how I learned to be, you know, this great grandiose person that I am. Oh. But that just fed his ego. And 
Honestly, all of Nexum, and especially Doss, was just in place to feed his ego. Yeah, I guess I could see that. So the hierarchy worked that there were six women under one master. So each master would have six women underneath them. And the women's goals were to eventually get six women to eventually become slaves underneath them. Thus completing the pyramid hierarchy. As you would climb up the pyramid, it'd be slave, master, slave, master, all the way up to Allison Mack. Who's Allison Mack? She was Rainier's personal servant. And she was also a really popular actress on Smallville. Oh. I know who she is. She ran the slave program. And I hate her. And I can't say anything to not agree with you. She joined Nexum in 2006 after going to a two-day introduction with a fellow Smallville actress, Kristen Kernerk. While Kristen was a member of Nexum, there isn't really anything to show that she had anything to do with DOS. After Smallville ended in 2011, after 10 seasons, she moved to work with the organization full-time. There's a lot of speculation of why Allison joined Nexum, but according to her friends, it was because she was thirsty for knowledge. She felt insecure about not attending college and wanted to seek knowledge through other means. Why not just attend college? Honestly, that's the question I ask myself whenever I looked into this story. But there is a quote that backs this up. The quote goes, I have a tendency to say I'm stupid. I'm very comfortable chalking things up to the fact that I don't have a proper education. The truth is, I'm an eternal student, and I'm loving all the opportunities I have to grow. Insert eye roll now. Another reason that comes up a lot of why she joined Nexum was that she wanted to be a strong businesswoman. That she wanted to search for a mentor. And she found that in Rainier. Rainier took her under his wing and she became his mentee. According to Allison, Rainier helped her deal with the fame that she'd gotten from Smallville. But the fame that she got from Smallville is exactly why Rainier gave her so much attention. He looked at what Scientology had done with Tom Cruise and saw that in Allison back. Oh, okay. And she quickly became the face of the company and worked very closely with Rainier. She was also a member of DOS and was under the same rules as those women, including giving sexual favors to Rainier. She also gave collateral, and hers included a contract giving all her future children to Rainier. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, the women who were slaves were put under really strict rules. First off, they had to text good morning master and good night master every day. If their master texted them and they didn't text back within 60 seconds, there would be hell to pay. What was hell to pay? Well, there was a few things. A lot of it was starvation because Rainier preferred very thin women. But it could be anything from spanking, paddling, being belittled, or being forced to take freezing cold showers. Oh, God. One report even says that Rainier himself kicked a woman in her side as she was kneeling down because she was being too prideful. And what, she just sat there and said, thank you, master? You wouldn't be wrong. That's probably exactly what she said. That they were told to say. Oh, this is creeping me out. Okay. They also had to provide collateral every single month. How do you keep coming up with new collateral? As I mentioned earlier, by the end, 
they were recording so much collateral they were giving them scripts because they just couldn't think up any more things for them to say you know after saying your father's a pedophile what else is there it's true one of the more horrific acts was the initiation ceremony women were told they would be receiving small tattoos they were told to undress and put blindfolds on after this they were moved to a secondary location once there their blindfolds were removed and the women saw what was really going to happen to them red flag red flag red flag instead of a small tattoo they were being branded oh my god no and the women were told to ask and say thank you for the opportunity. Ugh. I could give you guys quotes about what the woman said the pain felt like. And I probably will later on. But I do have a clip of one of the women describing it. What was that like? It was worse than childbirth. It was worse than childbirth? Yeah. It was, imagine a hot laser dragged across your flesh for 30 minutes without anesthetic. Oh, wow. That sounds horrible. Yeah, the women said the pain was incredible or indescribable. And a lot of them said the smell of burning flesh permeated the room for hours afterwards. Oh, that's disgusting. Want to hear something that's going to make your skin crawl? No. But yes. One of the women who was in charge of this was quoted as saying during court documents as, The first woman who was branded with the cauterizing pen did not appear to enjoy the experience. She was screaming and squealing. It looked horrendous. It scared the other girls. What really upsets me is just how callous she was about the whole situation. Yeah, exactly. That's what pisses me off too. Like, these women have this mark on them for the rest of their lives. They're no longer members of DOS, and most people who were in DOS who are in charge are in jail. But whenever they see themselves naked or get with a new partner, they have to explain this horrible mark on themselves. Ugh. It breaks my heart, really. It makes you sick to your stomach. If you think about how they didn't have a choice in the matter, and how it affects them for the rest of their lives, it just sickens you. Well, yeah, I'm... I'm pissed. Like, I'm sitting here mad. To make it worse, during the trial, Renair tried to say that he had no idea this was happening. Okay, so the very brief parts that I read about this was that he it's his initials on these girls, right? Exactly. So how did he not know? He definitely knew. It was a bold-faced lie. There was text messages that said, and I'm going to quote him here, not initially intended to be my initials, but they rearranged it slightly for my tribute. If it had been Abraham Lincoln or Bill Gates' initials, no one would have even cared. So one, Abraham Lincoln and Bill Gates is a very weird comparison and makes no sense to me anyways. But secondly, who does the fuck does he think he is that he's Abraham Lincoln? Well, it shows you how egotistical he was that he thought he was in the same class as Abraham Lincoln. Or even Bill Gates. I mean, like, this guy's nothing. He's just a fucking creep with power. Exactly. Also, something else that came out during testimony 
He called in and wanted to make sure they were flicking their wrists hard enough. Uh, so how would a phone call be able to determine whether or not they're getting beat hard enough? This is going to sound bad, but I assume by how hard they were screaming. Oh my god. That makes me want to throw up. It's horrible. So a New York Times article came out, and that's really what exposed Nexum for what it was, just a disgusting organization. After Nexum was exposed for what it was, Keith Rainier and Allison and Mac escaped to Mexico. A lot of convicts will escape to Mexico, but there's a very specific reason why Rainieri chose Mexico. Why? They had a very large following there, at some point having over 19,000 members. How did they get that many followers? One of the large drawings was a movie that was produced by Rainier. Of course he's a movie producer. The movie is called Encendrer de Corazón, and I apologize for my Spanish accent, it's not very good. <laughs> but it means, turn on the heart. The movie was meant to be inspiring. It was supposed to inspire the Mexican people to dig themselves out of their situations. One of the connections Rainier had in Mexico was Emilio Salazas. He was the son of the former president, Carlos Salazas, and Rosa Laura Junco. Junco was very influential. Her family owned one of the largest newspaper groups in Mexico, which gave her quite a bit of sway. Oh, yeah. Well, what was her part with Nexum? She owned several of the houses where Mexum would keep their sex slaves. So the members of DOS? Yes, and she was part of DOS, except she was one of the only women who did not receive sexual abuse at the hands of Rainier. Eventually, Rainier and Mac were moved back to the United States. Mac pled guilty, while Rainier pled not guilty. <laughs> okay. But after all the evidence, the jury didn't end up finding him guilty. Rainier was found guilty in 2019 of racketeering, sex trafficking, and possession of child pornography. Wait, child pornography? He videotaped himself having sex with a 15-year-old girl that would soon become his very first slave. Okay, so he's also a pedophile. Yes. And even though he was found guilty, that didn't stop him from doing multiple appeals. Oh yeah, because he's obviously not guilty. During his third appeal, he cited prison conditions as the reason to get him out of jail. So after a fire in the jail, they didn't have any heating and the food was served very cold. Which, because I'm very petty, I don't care. He made those women take freezing cold showers constantly. Well, maybe he doesn't deserve heat because he branded those girls. I think it's karma. I think it's karma that he himself made women take freezing cold showers and now... While in prison, he's taking freezing cold showers. He was set to be sentenced in September, but unfortunately, that date has come and went. Well, what happened? I'm not quite sure, and there's not really a lot of documentation on why, but it says it was continued to another date. Well, what's the date, then? The date's still undetermined. You're shitting me. I'm not. And this is where a lot of conspiracy theories with this case come up. He was really connected with a lot of the Hollywood elite and politicians. Nexum received financial contributions from both Trump and Clinton. <laughs> okay. So it's no wonder that people question why exactly has he not been given a sentence. Well, I'm wondering. 
this guy, it's, it's a highly publicized, like you said, it's a highly publicized case. Why has there been no resolution? At least he was found guilty. Guys, that's all I have for you on Nexum, but we'll be giving you updates as more information comes across. During the course of recording the podcast, there was a small update. Instead of trying to re-record the entire thing, we're just going to include some stuff at the end. I'm sorry if that doesn't make a ton of sense. I'm going to try to give as much background as possible. Rainier's ex-girlfriend Natalie came out with a new book. The book is called The Program, Inside the Mind of Keith Rainier and the Rise and Fall of Nexum. The book was released on September 24th, 2019. In the book, Natalie refers to herself as Rainier's first victim. She goes into vivid detail of the abuse she received at the hands of Rainier. She had heard of him previously. He held the record for highest IQ at 240, according to the Guinness World Record book. Wow. He could speak in full sentences by the age of two, and by four, he understood quantum physics. He was a judo champion, ski instructor, self-made millionaire, when she met Rainier, she was already married, but chose to join his company regardless. At the time, the company was called Consumer Byline, and eventually that would die out to form Nexum. She was one of Consumer Byline's bestsellers. As her and Rainier got closer, they would talk on the phone for hours. They would talk about things like her husband or the company in general, but also some things that in hindsight would prove to be much more nefarious. Who was it? As a child, she was a victim of sexual assault. This did bring them closer. And when he told her to leave her husband for him, she did. At this time, Nexum had already been started. So when she left, she was demonized by Rainier's followers. Natalie was called a Luciferian. So very close to Lucifer. Exactly. And the entire organization knew to call her this. Over the years, the followers would break into her home steal her mail, and put her through countless court cases. This background is going to lead you guys to an update that Nicole saw on Dr. Oz. Nicole? So I did see a clip of Dr. Oz and Natalie where she was speaking about just the amount of trauma that she's had to deal with since she's being done with Nexum. Inside the book, she really recounts all the horrible trauma that she went through past and present. And they did mention on, the, on Dr. Oz that she and him have both gotten death threats she also recounts the fact that she knows that he has a cell phone inside of prison. And I just have to wonder, who is he calling? And if he's still involved in Nexum today. That's all we have for Nexum today, guys. But we do know for a fact that Keith Ranieri is still terrorizing his victims to this day, even from behind the bars of his jail cell. Until he's sentenced, there is no rest for his victims. They have to look at the scars that he gave them for the rest of their lives. If and when he's ever sentenced, we'll let you guys know on the podcast. But until then, that's all we have. To give you guys something to look forward to next Monday, Nicole does have a new case for you guys. Nicole, what are you covering? So I have a hint for you. Mass murder and cryptographs. Are you talking about the Zodiac Killer? I will be talking about the Zodiac murderer who has claimed to over 36 victims and is still terrorizing Solana County, possibly today. Hey, cult and crime fans. If you like listening to us discuss charismatic leaders and husbands who definitely did it, 
Then one of the easiest ways to create and support us is by subscribing to us on whatever listening platform you're using and giving us a five-star review. We love all of our listeners. Production by Jamie. Production and editing by Nicole. Our intro music is Wrong by Dan Henning. Our background music is In Albany, New York by the 129ers.